Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, I speak with Emer Kaslin on the Geophysical Sustainability Atlas, the featured article in January's The Leading Edge. This Geophysical Sustainability Atlas was developed to illustrate how geophysics contributes to each of the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, and to provide examples of specific applications and collaboration strategies. In this conversation, Emer provides an overview of the atlas, how individuals and companies can utilize it to create meaningful impact, how professional societies can contribute to the SDGs, and why incorporating these goals into strategic planning could support the next generation of geophysicists. This is an important topic for the future of the field and outlines a powerful path forward for individuals, companies, and society. This episode is sponsored by CGG. As we look to opportunities and face the challenges of the new year, CGG's resolution is to play a key role in solving the complex natural resource, environmental, and infrastructure challenges around the globe. Bringing 90 years of earth science expertise and innovation, CGG is working with its clients to understand, monitor, and manage impacts on the environment. With collaboration and commitment, we can all realize a more sustainable future for people and our planet. Discover how CGG can help you see things differently. For Emer's biography and the link to read this open access article, visit seg.org slash podcast. And now for our conversation. So let, let's get started here. Before we explore the article you helped co-write, could you just briefly explain what the UN Sustainable Development Goals are? Yes. So the the SDGs were established by all of the UN member states. They signed up to them in 2015. So people may be familiar with um, what was called the Millennium Development Goals and the Sustainable Development Goals supersede them. So it was 2015 they were established. Um, there are 17 goals. There's 169 targets. And they're really aiming at addressing um, the most urgent social, economic and environmental challenges that the world faces. So even though they're kind of headed by the UNDP, action and accountability really lies with everybody, um, be that nations, governments, industry, society. And they state very often, I think, the importance of partnership and collaboration and that really being key to achieving the targets. So, yeah, they're very much the world's shared framework and they're the best guideline that we really have to look to, to advance sustainable development. Yeah, with a view to achieving all of these goals by 2030. Well, 17 goals and 169 uh, points there. What prompted you, along with your co-authors, to take the monumental task of mapping (laughs) geophysics to those 17 goals? I know. It was a daunting task. So I, um, myself, I suppose my background is reservoir geoscience and I've mostly worked within the oil and gas sector. Um, so about a year and a half ago, I took uh, the decision really to upscale in the areas of social and environmental sustainability. Kind of thought it was a departure from geoscience. Um, but straight away, I started to attend a, a number of geoscience conferences here in Ireland where I, I'm based. And I was quite surprised that sustainability was really core to pretty much all of the programming 
So I really got a view of what geoscientists, geophysicists, geologists and um, from other sectors um, were applying their knowledge in. Um, things like humanitarian applications, disaster risk reduction, water resource management, earth system change, and even to stakeholder engagement. So it really, I was very impressed by the wide range of applications that were available to our science. And I think at the same time, it was very clear that there was a decline in numbers taking geoscience at university. Um, that's certainly something that I witnessed here in Europe. And I think similarly in the States, there was a, a similar decline. So I started to think, I suppose, about, about you know, the, the value of geoscience. And that was me thinking that in Ireland and in parallel, I think these thoughts had already flourished into the foundations of a paper, um, both in Kuwait and Boston. So that was with uh, Mariangela and Anna. So it was Wafik Badun and Joanna Dunlop from Gaia who had introduced me to Maria and Anna. And um, very fortunately, they invited me to co-author. So I think we sat down together and thought about, you know, what's, what's the objective of this? So we really wanted to show what the pivotal role geophysics plays in society um, and how it can champion the SDGs. Showing society, I think, was also, you know, groups like the United Nations, governments, showing the importance of, of, our, of our science. And also, I think, for current geoscientists or geophysicists, instilling a pride and curiosity and inspiration uh, in our science. And again, this, this whole idea of declining in numbers of geoscientists, we wanted to really encourage prospective students um, because really going into the future and, and looking at the challenges that we have ahead that are all documented in the SDGs, you know, we need, um, we don't want to have a shortage of, of people taking the subject. So overall, big objective to accelerate action on sustainability and, and show really how geophysics can lead in, in that domain, really. So that was hugely important. Yeah, just going back to something you mentioned there, do you think it's a fairly common misconception for geophysicists to understand that what they're working on can directly relate to sustainability in general? I think so. And it depends, obviously, on, on who um, the geophysicist is and what, what sector they're working on. Maybe in some sectors, it's a lot more clear than in others. But yeah, definitely. I think uh, we're, we're all, uh, as scientists, we're geeks and we have our heads focused on, on what, what our, you know, what the, what the daily jobs are as well. And yeah, we don't really, and, and myself included, get the chance to, to look around and to see what else is happening and how we can even repurpose, you know, what we do, what our skills are and, and what technology we work with into other domains and how we can have conversations with, with other subdisciplines and even outside uh, the geoscience domain. So I definitely think there's a, there's a lack of awareness in that, which is, which is unfortunate, but understandable as well. Well, this article gives a, a, a really thorough and, and also a great overview of, of the ways that what geophysics connects to the 17 goals. And and there is, because of just the sheer number of, of the goals here, there's a lot of information to digest in this article. How do you recommend for an individual geophysicist as well as, as a company to best utilize this article? Yes, the paper is definitely quite long. <laughs> I think that's that's very clear. And I think it's... <laughs> It's very much longer than we, the authors, anticipated. Uh, we, we didn't think this is going to turn into the project that it did turn into. And actually, it could have been longer. 
<laughs> I think once we started the journey, it was actually quite difficult to avoid, you know, delving into technical granularity uh, of things like, you know, ge- near, near surface geophysical techniques that were needed for the construction of smart, sustainable cities, that kind of thing. Um, so we had to kind of stop ourselves and I think recognize that the purpose of the paper and the paper is really just scratching the surface on sustainable geophysics practices. I think what we would like individuals and organizations and companies to, to do would be to identify, you know, which of the one or two or three sustainable development goals their expertise can contribute to. Focus in on that and home in on that and actually then showcase that by means of follow-up articles would be ideal webinars or other initiatives uh, in terms of going into greater depth at those. And not just, I think, Another, I suppose another point for it as well is not just to focus in on your comfort zones, but actually to, to look at how we can interconnect with others, because that's what the SDGs are built on. So we'd like geoscientists really to, to think of collaboration opportunities uh, with other subdisciplines. That would be another objective, I think. Well, we, we don't have the time to go into all 17 goals here, but you know, just to kind of help the audience kind of get a sense of what the goals are as well. Could you share one goal that that really connected closely with geophysics, along with one goal that maybe not so easily connected and kind of walk us through what you do in the article? Yeah, I think, um, again, this is quite, this could be quite subjective. It really depends on what your background is, what is, what connects um, with, with geophysics, what type of geophysicist are you? Uh, I think even the three authors would probably come up with some different goals here. Um, for me, I think with my background personally, um, the, the one that was kind of very straightforward for me and I was quite passionate about investigating how we can do more was SDG 7. So this is to do with affordable and clean energy. So, you know, I think it's very clear that uh, geophysicists play a real central role in that in terms of optimizing responsible exploration and production of natural resources to provide affordable energy for all. And really, thankfully, in recent years, we've really stepped up in terms of applying those skills to uh, accelerate the energy transition um, through geothermal site characterization and storage of energy and carbon. And even, I, I think, stepping outside the comfort zone and looking at innovative te- technologies to tackle methane. And also, you know, looking at sustainable mineral extraction. Um, that's something that's hugely important that we upscale in order to supply renewable technologies. So it was very straightforward and interesting and kind of empowering, I think, to, to, to investigate how much more we can do in that space for SDG 7. I think less technical. SDGs were more difficult to map. So, you know, how can geophysicists contribute when it comes to things like gender equality, work conditions and partnerships? And straight away you're thinking, well, which geophysical tools do we need for for each of those things? You know, what what techniques do we need? Reservoir characterization, modeling, that kind of thing. And and no, we we, we need to think of um, softer skills. So I think for me, what would have been difficult, but I think hugely important uh, for mapping would be SDG 16. So this is around building institutions and inclusive, sustainable societies. 
So this is, I suppose, around, you know, the social aspects of geoscience. And I think it's becoming increasingly important that we upskill in that department, that we're in a situation where we can translate the science and we can, I think there's a, there's a need again to increase the amount of carbon capture and storage that's taking place. And also the geothermal um, needs to expand. A lot of that will be on land. A lot of this will be interacting with societies. And I know that one of the big blockers around carbon capture and storage is um, society engagement and not communicating. So I think we need to be much better at communicating with subsurface to society at large. We need to understand more about our science in terms of the ethical, social and cultural impacts that the work we do you know, impacts, uh, something called geoethics that I've learned about as well. So I think, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. It's not directly something that you would see as corresponding directly with geophysics, but it, it really is. It's, it's becoming hugely important. And, and for those kind of wondering on the, on the cover of January's TLE is this great graphic that lists all of these 17 goals and very briefly how geophysics relates. So that could be maybe a handy thing to, to be looking at here as we're chatting. You know, you, you've been working on this for quite a while and have been discussing this with focus groups, uh, webinars, conferences, other colleagues, I'm sure. What has been some of the reaction when you discuss this project with different groups? Yeah. So it's, I mean, I suppose it's only just been published. Um, so it's only just kind of come out now, but um, so far the, the feedback's been really positive. And you mentioned the wheel, and I think the wheel has been a really good eye catcher, you know, for people. So we have people, you know, we've shared this on LinkedIn and it's been fair, shared pretty widely since then from, you know, industry, NGOs and academia, people straight away looking at the wheel. And, and seeing, you know, this is a really good communication tool. So, um, yeah, we've had feedback from academia as well, students and professors thinking of it being very important to incorporate in their teaching and learning. Um, the focus groups were great as well. So a really, again, broad um, representation from humanitarian academia into industry as well. And we were really blown away by everyone's um, enthusiasm, I think, in contributing from all these different sectors. So there was no shortage of examples. And I really wouldn't be surprised if we have a lot of follow-on initiatives or, or articles from even people within the focus groups. That was that level of enthusiasm was what we had. So, yeah, I think it was really, it's been really great so far. I think it's continuing, um, but really great to gather feedback both before we released it and since um, from a great diversity of geoscientists. And I think, you know, and somebody mentioned actually in the, in the focus groups that this can be a nice reconciliatory tool of one, geos one science being applied in multiple um, sectors. So I really hope that the wheel and the article itself really shines a light on, on this, that we can kind of, we can collaborate a lot closer together, you know, under this kind of SDG flag, really. Well, that's a, a wonderful sentiment there that I, I quite like. And it kind of leads in nicely to the next question of, of what role do you see professional societies like the SEG playing into supporting these goals and, and what you mapped out in this article? It's a good example of the, the SEG, I think, even compared to a lot of other professional societies, because I I looking at the, the SEG and the work that's done there, I think it's actually already quite well equipped. Um, it's very multidisciplinary in its nature. And a lot of the work that it already does, I think, contributes to the SDGs. 
So whether that be the geohazard and disaster risk response um, with groups like GWB, looking at sustainable cities with near surface and the projects on carbon capture and storage, those studies with SEAM, um, that's just to name but a few, but all of those obviously contribute um, to the, the SDGs. And I think what I mentioned, I think at the beginning was that the SDGs very much depend on interconnectedness and collaboration. So, for example, progress in SDG 7 uh, will positively impact SDG 1, 2, 4, etc. And I think in the same vein, this idea of interconnectedness is, is important in terms of adoption of the SDG framework from organisations such as SEG could help integrate the various disciplines within those societies. And I think even more powerfully could help to enhance collaboration between the likes of the SEG and other professional societies. So I think adoption, official or, or, or in any other capacity of the SDG framework will have hugely positive knock-on effects, you know, for the SDGs themselves and for the organisations because they're so well recognised. Yeah, indeed. And that's a good reminder of what you said there, that these aren't 17 goals in isolation, that that they're interconnected too. So addressing one can help support other ones. Yeah. And I think just to say as well, it's, it's something that we struggled a little bit, I suppose, writing the article in that there was a degree of repetition. You know, we felt like, well, we're saying this for, for SDG 17 and we're saying the same thing for SDG 14. But actually, that's what the SDGs are and that's the power of the SDGs is that they're all interconnected. So it was hugely important to include that, I think, in the article, which may have increased the longevity of it. And and just for those maybe wondering, GWB is, is SEG's Geoscientists Without Borders program that is a, a humanitarian geophysics program that works around the world. You know, have you know, in doing the the research for these seventeen goals and and looking at how geophysics maps, did you come across companies or even individuals that you found already working towards some of these things you highlight in the article? Maybe maybe they didn't even know it, but that that are being a good example that maybe others could look to 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 help them get started. Well, certainly, I suppose there's a there's there's a range of of adoption. Um, and I think the SDG wheel is becoming more ubiquitous in, in recent years, which is a really positive thing. I think once, once you see it, you don't unsee it. You can kind of see it everywhere. So, um, you know, Microsoft, you see Bill Gates wearing the pin as well, the SDG wheel. So companies are definitely including the framework in their corporate strategies, you know, from BP, BHP, E&I, Schlumberger. Um, that's to name but a few really. So that's definitely happening. I think what's hugely important is that it gets disseminated and propagated down through the organisation. Um, and in terms of geoscience organisations, I don't have a huge overview. I'm particularly based here in Ireland, um, seeing the European uh, organisations more so. In Ireland, we do have an organisation called the ICRAG. It's the Irish Centre for Research and Applied Geoscience. I'm familiar with them and their work ranges from, you know, resource assessment, earth system change and, and also society interactions. And I've been to some of their conferences and I looked at their website and everything. And I'm really impressed at how much the SDG framework is threaded into their ethos. It's it's very clear, you know, that they're they're underneath this umbrella and they're following this strategy. But I that's just one example personally. I know I'm sure there's plenty and certainly plenty in the US. You know, if, if there was one thing that an individual and a company could do to move forward these UN Sustainable Development Goals and how they relate to geophysics, what would you recommend? 
I don't know if I've got a one answer to it. I think, you know, firstly, people need to be aware of what they are. I've had a lot of people say to me, what does SDG stand for? You know, and, and we need to all be kind of on the same footing there in terms of an, an overall kind of knowledge of it. So there's a lot you can do in terms of taking a short course. I've seen there's some free online courses or even just having a look at the website, the UN website, where you can see information about the goals and targets and, and tracking them as well. So that's the, the number one thing for starters. I think uh, individuals and organizations can home then into the SDGs of most relevance to them, where they believe they can affect change and Fingers crossed our atlas has provided a head start certainly to geoscience and to geoscientists and geoscience organizations to allow them to see how they can further contribute. So I think knowing where and how you can affect change and actually kind of focusing on on specific SDGs is hugely important. I think, you know, I know corporations where they have said, okay, in certain locations, in certain cities uh, where we have offices, we're going to focus on certain SDGs, you know, that are relevant in that particular place. And in other cities, we'll focus on others. So I think that's really important as well as breaking it down and not being overwhelmed by the 17 that exist. So, yeah, I think that's important. And I think, yeah, I think you mentioned corporations and individuals. And for me, I think it's good to ask that. And I think it's um, important to know that we're all accountable. And I don't think we're going to advance the SDGs and reach the targets by 2030. I think if the responsibility sits solely with at, at corporate level, you know, with CEOs or with corporate social responsibility departments, I think we've got deadlines. There's a huge urgency to advance these goals. So unless it's in the, it's, you know, it's very much a collective challenge. So I think that corporations have a responsibility to disseminate down the SDG ethos and make it part of individuals, you know, daily or uh, working, working conditions or working life and working objectives. I want just real briefly, I want to get the the listeners just a brief sense of of the article and how it's structured. So for each of the 17 goals, you, you break it down into kind of three areas. Could you just describe briefly what those three areas are and how you relate it in the article? Yeah. So I suppose we looked at the examples. What were the direct examples where we could contribute? You know, so if we looked at water resource management or, or SDG 6, which is around water. So water resource management, drilling for water, you know, using seismic interpretation for that. And then we talked about, you know, other kind of collaboration opportunities. So outside the core geophysics work, how can geophysicists also contribute to those? So they might look at, you know, where we can yeah, help with the overall system. And then um, the latter one was around enablers. So it was thinking about what tools and what techniques and what geophysical operations are needed for that. So we, we, we put those down as, as enablers. Yeah, for the scope of this article and the work that you are trying to do, it is it is kind of very specific too. So I encourage people to uh, to review that and just think a little bit about how geophysics can connect. And there's definitely this article provides a great roadmap to doing that. And kind of thinking about that, uh, you know, for this last question on the article, what do you hope is the result of this work that you did? I suppose multiple things. We would like that the um, we would like it to get shared as as much as possible. We'd like to encourage collaboration. I think with other 
groups, other professional societies as well. And we'd like it again, I suppose, to be a springboard to encourage further, more detailed articles or initiatives. A lot, as I mentioned as well, about the SDGs is to do with partnership. And I think that's hugely important for us as well, is that we, you know, increase the partnership between even if we if we look at societies between SEG and other professional societies. But partnerships as well, not just between professional societies, but with industry and with academia, etc. So I think that's kind of a springboard, organic springboard into more sustainable development uh, initiatives would be our, our main objective, really. Well, Emer, this is a, a wonderful article, and I'm excited for people to start reading it and, and sharing it more widely. I do want to wrap up with a few kind of rapid fire questions here that our listeners love to hear from you. You know, what one piece of advice would you offer someone looking to succeed in this field of geophysics? I think follow your passions um, around, you know, hopefully we've highlighted in, in the article as well, the, the multiple ways people can apply their their knowledge of geophysics and I think pick which one is of most uh, significance to you really and follow that and don't feel like you have to go in in one area or another. That is that's great advice there and and lastly is there anything else you would you would like to share uh, with the audience about the article or, or something else on your mind before we let you go this afternoon? I think there's plenty there in the article. I think there's plenty behind the article. One thing that we did include as well was a list of websites to find out more things that helped us a lot in our investigations and in our learnings. Um, As I said, it does just scratch the surface. There's so much behind it, but very much open. All three of us, I think, are very much open for people to, to reach out to us. Um, and if you want, we can, we can, we're, we're all very open to having more conversations on how we can advance this agenda as, as, as best possible, really. Well, that's, that is wonderful. This is a, a very rich article. We'll include those links in, in the show notes of this article as well as they're included in the, in the bottom of the article in the TLE. And just, and just a note for the listeners, it's actually also available open access. So you do not need to be a member to a SEG member to, to view this article, which is also a pretty great thing that the SEG did and, and made happen. So thank you, Emer, for your time and, and your extensive time writing this article and trying to distill it in, a, in an understandable way, which, which you did to great success and look forward to seeing the results of, of your work. No problem. Thanks very much. It was lovely to talk to you, Andrew. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast, Seismic Sound Off. SEG produces these episodes to benefit its members, the geophysics community, and inform the public on the value of the science. To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. Go to the website at seg.org forward slash podcast to find all the episodes and learn how you can subscribe for free directly on your phone. Original music by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Ted Bacomjan, Jennifer Crockett, Ali McGinnis, and Mick Sweeney. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.